Hi, my name is Dan Gikar and welcome to The Works. Mindset, self-awareness and personal growth and strive towards the ultimate goal of mastering ourselves. Let's mindset engineer. Welcome to The Works. Okay, so it's recording. So welcome to uh, welcome to the works. We had trouble getting this started. <laughs> we had time, so we're good. <laughs> and apart from uh, Johnny's stupid uh, ending the call, so <laughs> welcome Stephanie. So people want to know who you are. What do you do? Um, my name's Stephanie. I'm an interior designer. Uh, I started my own business this year, actually. Um, you know, I've been in design for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I, I was born in Colombia, so I always had different, two different uh, cities of influence when it came to design and uh, culture and authenticity and language and everything. So what, what brought you to, what brought you to designing? Like what, what? What popped in your head and said, this is what I want to do? Uh, again, living in two completely different environments. Uh, I always analyzed people's homes when I would walk in, like our country home uh, in Montreal, in Medellin. It was always something that interests me. And, you know, it's as the second you walk into someone's home, you can kind of analyze a little bit about a person. Um, you understand who they are. And then the first 10 seconds you walk into a home. Um, you know, and Medellin and Montreal are really different. And it just interested me how a different culture can, can affect you and how a space can affect you. And I just found that super interesting. And I love fashion and film too. So that also influenced me into design. Um, you know, I was obsessed with doors. It was so weird, but I would love, <laughs> I would love, a, good, I love a good door, you know, when you go to Italy or when you travel, and you just see the different types of doors. They're so grand and that has such an impact on you. And I don't know, that was just something that stuck with me when I was really young. I just loved doors. It was weird. So, so basically <laughs> when, you, when you work now or when you design, you include um, kind of like both countries, as you're mentioning, into your work? Yeah. Um, I think I was really influenced by um, Colombian architecture. Um, Montreal has beautiful architecture too, you know, the old port, um, and I definitely incorporate that in my designs. And I, I, when I travel, I, I try as much to learn about uh, the history and the architecture in every town and every city and every country. So I get influenced as I go. Um, so, yeah. So here's, so here's an interesting question, okay, because you said as soon as you walk into someone's house, you'll know... Yeah who they are within whatever the first minute. So what, what do you pay attention to when you walk in either a home or your friend's home or uh, a place where they're asking you to redesign or add value to their property? What do you look at? Um, I think I look at the choices they've made so far. I know that um, budget is always an issue when it comes to, Choosing a specific item just because you have that in your house doesn't mean that's something you would have maybe chosen if you had a better budget or if you had uh, more access to certain things or if you had, uh, 
you know, more, maybe more time. So I do take that into consideration, you know, even for myself, uh, as a designer, you expect the designer to have like the most beautiful home, but it's not always the case. You know, it takes time and years to collect the things that you really love and cherish and uh, timeless pieces. So when you walk into a home, I really look at more of like the more human approach to it. If it's, uh, if, if you see that they've traveled, you'll, you'll notice that they have a lot of more of a souvenir type fixtures. Or if you're really into, I know this one lady, she loves candles and vases and plates. So you, you notice that, you know, if you're going to someone's home and they're serving you like these beautiful plates, you know, that they're collecting these items. And those are the things that really uh, are valuable to them or, you know, some people it's more of like a, a pad and it's, they don't take a home so seriously. You know, they, they just want to be comfortable. And if they're happy in their environment, then, then that's what makes them happy. But yeah. So it's that, that, that human touch basically. Yeah. That you, yeah. Want, right? yeah. you don't want the, you don't want the generic, uh, magazine style of, of design. Yeah. And some people want to incorporate both. So let's say I'm, I'm redesigning a home that already has, uh, you know, all their furniture and they just want to reuse everything they have. You just take that to a, to the next level. You know, let's say, uh, they want, they have a, a lot of furniture, um, carpets, um, you know, you can redo all your chairs or you can just, it's about like, uh, floor planning, just changing the direction of your bed can have a huge impact. Um, just moving. Do you believe in, in, um, do you believe in um, damn, now you're going to have to help me out with this, that, um, what do they call it when, depending how your bed is placed or certain items in your home is placed, uh, feng shui or yes, something feng like shui, that? Exactly. So you can't have it facing, facing you. As soon as you walk in, it can't be, uh, facing you right in front. It's like, okay. So do you believe, do you believe in that or do you um, try to do it? I don't necessarily not believe in that. I, you know, th that's another thing. It's culture. You have to really understand someone's culture before thinking of designing someone's home or a space. Um, see like someone that does believe in that, I have to take that into consideration. Um, I believe whatever makes you happy and whatever makes you comfortable. And, uh, you know, as soon as you walk in, you have to feel happy. So if, if you believe in that and you are, you know, it's more of a superstitious thing that you don't, you don't have any bad energy, which I definitely believe in that. So, um, I definitely always take that into consideration when designing. So you really have to, from the sounds of it. You really have to get to know the, the people you're working with or for and get to know your clients and you almost have to get in their, their, their shoes or in their atmosphere or in their environment. Yeah, exactly. In order to, to create that. Yeah. So design is, there's a lot of psychology in there. Um, you have to be a really good listener. Yeah. You have to you have to be able to communicate what you're trying to say, you know, lucky for me, I'm an extrovert and a social butterfly. So I, I love questioning things. I love talking to people. Um, and I, I, I try as much to listen so that way they feel comfortable enough to tell me what they are really thinking, how they feel, 
um, it's like the human connection part that really, really inspires me to design a space for them. Um, yeah, it's a lot of psychology and you have to understand the culture, where they came from, uh, you know, there's specific colors that mean certain things, like the color red to China or the color red to another, to India, it's completely different, you know, so you have to understand color psychology, uh, ergonomics, you know, are you on your, are you sitting down a lot, are you always cooking, like, you know, <laughs> I try and ask them a day in the life of, so I tell them to walk me through their day from being in bed to coming home at night and going back to bed you know like what's your journey like and i try and walk put myself in their shoes and understand how they live and you know obviously there's sometimes you can you can make your lifestyle a little better and if i can do that with just creating a nice home and a nice environment so they can have a more positive uh effect on their own life then i did my job <laughs> what happens okay what happens if um a client calls you up and says okay i need your help i need you to redesign i need you to help me out come up with some ideas but this person is an introvert or this person doesn't really have any any opinion uh, you know like what do you what do you do with that uh or how I, do you do with it? I think have you ever encountered that yeah i i know people that they don't actually know what they want they probably have an image of what they want in their mind so pinterest is really good for that i tell them to start up a board and just collect images of anything that they like they can see a whole home a picture of a whole kitchen living room and they might like one thing out of it you know I mean, oh i really like that couch okay put it in there tell me what you like like anything from the natural sunlight. I love this. I love the way the, the sun beams on this frame and my piece of art. Okay, great. I understand that that's important to you. Um, you know, like, and a lot of design is architecture as well. So we have to take that into consideration. Uh, again, the natural lighting, uh, where you're placing uh, all your furniture, uh, windows, you know, there's, there's so many elements to it. But I usually tell them to think of an overall space how they want to feel i tell them to write down um words that they they like to use you know like from minimal to comfortable any word any word uh that they just they they feel that they want to feel when they come into a home um, okay so two questions now yeah is your spite because it's it's more well personally right now the way i feel is it's a lot more complicated than i thought not complicated, but it's a lot more complex, I guess. Yeah. Complex. Right. Than I thought, um, I'm, uh, sort of like a minimalist, I guess in my apartment. I mean, it's, it's not the biggest apartment. So I try to keep it very minimal to make it look bigger than what it actually is. Yeah. Um, but if you have, uh, a small space, what would you recommend? I would definitely recommend uh, utilizing every piece of furniture that you have and try and, um, let's say you have a couch, make it a sofa bed. Um, if you have storage, make sure that it's, it's storage big enough for you to have an organized mess, as you can say, you know, like just have boxes where you can dump stuff inside and just have 
hidden mess. Just have a hidden mess. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I think I might have to use that one because you know? my place is just a mess. Period. Yeah. But no. I, I think... <laughs> it's hard to because you know the thing is like it's hard to put things away when you don't have anywhere to put it. So they just end up lingering everywhere. But if you have like a specific, I have a bunch of boxes like just right here. I'll show you real quick. Um, it's just it's it's called an organized mess. So I don't know if you okay, can see. Okay, I see. I see. But can you see? A little bit. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay, so you know, like these are all from IKEA, and it's just organized mess that like files. Um, old cell phones, everything, like little gadgets, little, little pens, everything that like you, you always see around, you know, paper, yeah, yeah. receipts. Um, so just create boxes and areas where you can put them in. And then every once in a while you take out the box and then you, you clean it up, you know, um, nice. for storage as well, you know, just, I mean, I, are you talking more in terms of organization as well? Like for a small space? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because I find that it's, it's um, like I'm speaking personally for like a small space. Like I don't have much, but as soon as I add a little something, it looks like cluttered and it looks just like, oh my God, like it's, it's too much. It's like, yeah. holy, what do I do now? Right. So. Well, definitely adding mirrors makes the space look bigger. Um, having smaller furniture instead of bulky furniture, things that are uh, using glass instead of solid colors, uh, using transparency, um, you know, again, less bulky furniture. And yeah, just having a bit more light and colors to make it feel less uh, cluttered. Also have us less patterns and, you know, like, don't have a huge painting that's catastrophic, like that yeah. has too much going on, you know, because then it gets yeah, too busy. Exactly. If you have a small space, try and keep it minimal, like you said, clean, uh, organized mess, and uh, just uh, more like smaller furniture, minimal, transparency. Yeah. 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 I think that's why I try to stick it, try to get pretty much uh, like glass. A uh, glass table, glass coffee table, anything see-through, I yeah. think is good. Uh, what I did, I think, was my only uh, good design decision I made. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so for the for the people listening to this, me and Stephanie were actually on Zoom, but we're recording with uh, respecting social distancing, so it's uh, the we're boxes more than six feet you away, can't see. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So if I ask you what, um, uh, so like in my domain, I always have uh, a project that stuck with me or one of my favorite projects. So for you, if I ask you what was your favorite project that stuck with you, what would it be? Um, it was designing um a creative agency space. It's an office studio in St. Henry. Um, it stuck to me because I work closely with the whole team. I also do set design for them. So I 
I have a connection to everyone. I, I see them a lot. And when they told me they were moving into a 4, 000, 45 to 5,000 square foot space, okay. it didn't seem as challenging as it did when I actually got to that point. <laughs> um, so creative space, you mean, you mean what? They're using this as uh, like video or yeah. So it's a it's a creative agency. So it's an office space. They have a photography film studio. Okay. They have uh, another room for uh, it's called three hundred and sixty photography. So it takes pictures all around of a product. Nice. Um, so yeah, they have clients coming in. They have meetings. Uh, they're there every day. You know, creatives work night and day. So there was always someone at the office. So you have to take so many things into consideration. Um, even the the like the the workflow, the walk flow, um, thinking of how many different areas there are and making sure that it's open but closed enough that there's still privacy. It was it was a really amazing project because I was there every single day, so I got to see demolition. I got to see the construction, working with the contractor every single day. Um, I was on site all the time, making sure that everything was going as planned. Um, we went through three electricians, you know, it never goes as planned and not everyone works the same way you do. So, you know, sometimes you just got to move it along and find somebody, somebody yeah, that's yeah. at your everybody level, has, you know. Everybody has to be on the same wavelength, right? If you're not, totally. uh, if you're not on the same page, it's super difficult and... That's my favorite is. subject is uh, people management. Oh, it's yeah. the most difficult freaking thing to do. It's because a lot of people don't listen. A lot of people don't hear you, what you're yeah. trying to tell them. Yeah. And especially because I'm a woman, it's a lot harder to manage contractors, electricians, you know. In the construction, for sure. Yeah. It is a man's world when it comes to construction. Um, so that's why I'm very, I think about how I approach them. I, I think about how I would want to be approached. So, you know, you always have to think before you talk, you can't just talk on, uh, on anger or emotions, or you have to think about it and come up with solutions and not just bitch, you know, you have yeah. to work with them, not against them. So. I yeah, that. They'll, they'll, they'll tune you out so fast if you uh, so what what did you realize like with uh in that industry because that's my industry right i'm engineer project management and all that stuff so i have to deal with these people so what for you i can't speak for you because obviously i'm a man we have different positions different aspects um but what did you what did you learn out of that and how to approach people let's say in as you call it, like a man's world. Mm -hmm. I look, you have to gain respect just as you have to earn respect. Um, you like as a woman, we have to put our foot down in a respectful manner and just make sure that nobody steps all over us. You know, the second that they, I'm not, I'm not generalizing, but anyone, a woman, to a woman, a man to a woman, a woman to a man. Like the second yeah. that you you show weakness and that you show that, you know, you could be stepped all over on, they will, you know. So you just have to make sure that you know what you're talking about, work together, uh, stand your ground, and just 
try and work as a team, you know, and tell them that we're in this together and we both want to make this this place come to life with no hurdles and, you know, nobody wants issues. Everybody wants a good workflow and a good flow and a good relationship by the end of it. You don't have to hate each other by the end, you know? Exactly. You want to gain relationships and be proud of work that you've done. So I think it's just about putting your foot down and uh, being sure you know what you want and working together. That's all. So what do you, what do you think um, is more important in a, in a scenario like this, right? So you're, you're, you're going up someone that's kind of like, I don't know, not doing exactly um, what you're looking for. So what's 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 more important here is the the approach aspect, like the human connection, the communication, or um, the actual knowledge of what you're talking about, what you want, and the information you're trying to give them. Like, what's the best approach, the human connection, or going strictly with like logic and what you want, or a mix, or a mix of both? It's definitely a mix of both. So when we when designers make their plans, uh, you know, we have construction, demolition plan, electrical plan, plumbing, we have all the plans. And the more information we have on those plans, the less we communicate with them, the less we need to communicate with them. Obviously, we still have to have some sort of communication throughout the whole process. But I think it's less stressful on both ends if I did my job properly so he can do his job properly and he has something to follow. And at the same time, on his end, he definitely needs to communicate. He can't start assuming that he knows what I mean. You know, they also have to pick up the phone and call me and in a nice way, like, you know, just ask the question, what do you mean by this? Or uh, can you can you elaborate? Can you just resend me the plan with more information? Um, it's all about communication. It's like a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't communicate, everyone assumes and everyone thinks like, the other is doing something they shouldn't be when in the end that person was probably just just went for a walk or something you know like it's about communication it's yeah assuming it's right that. assuming you may you make an ass out of me and not of you or whatever they say right? <laughs> you just started a whole problem for nothing because you're assuming and you're not asking the right questions or yeah i think just communication is key definitely for sure yeah so um i want to go back to basically how how you started all this design thing um and i know that you have like personal projects going on and if you want to elaborate on that uh, i know you have a bunch of hobbies that we spoke about before so if you want to talk about those it'd be interesting as well okay so we can start with um... you choose <laughs> personal project your, if I would have to give you a um, unlimited budget, okay, unlimited budget, uh, a city, um, and a type of building or apartment or house of your choice, what would it be? Yeah, it would definitely be, um, I love did you ever, retail. Did you ever think about this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I love retail. I love, um, 
So everything's going to e-commerce. Everything's online, especially with what's going on. You get to see the reality of it and everything you can do can you can do online you know mm-hmm. you can shop online you can you can work out online you can do anything online so i find it really important to to move with the times and there's something about retail fashion e-commerce marketing that i really that i'm really interested in and i've always wanted to do i, I really like pop-ups because they're more of an experimental process okay wait Um, explain pop-ups because i don't know what that is okay so pop-ups is a temporary retail uh space that you use let's say it could be one month it could be six months but it's a it's a temporary location let's Mm -hmm. say nike nike lab which is something i would love to do Mm -hmm. um they have pop-ups all around the world so it can be in could be in a mall it could be in a random location in the middle of nowhere but it's it's more about the experience so when you walk in um i don't know maybe you're there's a basketball court and you get to try on the shoes and you, you play basketball or maybe um it's all digital and you get to see yourself wearing certain clothes through digital experience or um, I don't know, it could even be an ice cream store where you can literally learn how to make ice cream. So it's it's involving the client and uh, the purchaser into the process. Of purchasing. That's cool. That's super yeah. cool. So I find that super interesting and I would love to do pop-ups all around the world and travel and and see how people react differently in different locations with different atmospheres. So. Nice. That's interesting. I would yeah. like to be part of, because uh, I love shoes. I'm obsessed with freaking shoes. <laughs> and I would love to, let's say, walk in, like shoes that I wear every day, example, New Balance, right? I just find them super comfortable. They're, they're, you wear them every day, you're fine. Apart from like all the, the other loafers and nice shoes that I like, mm-hmm. but New Balance, I would love to experience that like you like you mentioned it for for nike that would be super interesting to try on all the because they have thousands of models right yeah i would love to see how or get involved in the process i guess yeah Hmm. Yeah, and you know in miami they have um they have a really interesting levi's pop-up okay um and you actually get to see what machines they use so they do it all on site and they reuse the jeans so it's environmentally friendly but they show you the whole process i'm not going to get too much into it and you, and you could actually physically like see all this going on yeah, yeah. Wow. that's crazy it's almost like a mini factory so you get to walk around it shows the history it explains everything the timelines uh you see people actually working on it uh there's custom-made jeans to fit to your needs and to your to your wants so no it's it's really cool it's it's fun to be part of the process it's like watching a behind the scenes of a movie you know exactly you like exactly. understanding like what goes on behind behind the whole movie and the hard work and the process yeah. Yeah. so basically that would be that would be your your a project that you would love to do with unlimited budget and create these pop-up spaces exactly and you would have to build, if you would have to build your custom home, my question is, where would it be? 
I see. That's why I don't want a home. I want. <laughs> okay. I don't want a house. Sorry. A home is what you make of it. A house. I, I don't want a house. I want a few smaller homes. <laughs> well, you want to you want to move around. That's what you want. Yeah, I can't. I, <laughs> you want to change. <laughs> you want you want to change your environment every couple of days or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And definitely, <laughs> I, I love Montreal, uh, Colombia, definitely. Um, but I I'll, I'll always have a home there. My dad lives there, you know. So, you know, I already have a home there. <laughs> um, but I would love to live in New York or LA. Um, Definitely somewhere in the States. Is it because the market's bigger there for these these type of things? Let's say like LA, right? Everybody knows yeah. LA homes are amazing and whatever. Amazing. So. Yeah. Well, because there's just a lot of, there's it's just so different in, in the States. You know, let's say you go to LA, there's San Francisco, then you can go to... Uh, just not too far. There's Yosemite. So there's beautiful nature, and then you have the beach, and then you have the city, and then you have, you know, Grand Canyon, which is a drive away, which is a completely different type of vegetation, and yeah. it's just very diverse. You know, so it's accessible to have different types of environment there, and New York as well. You know, it's it's huge. It's a beautiful city. It's fast paced, but the design, the people. Um, they have a beach too, which is pretty great. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I would, I would love to have a few really cool lofts in different locations. Nice. It's crazy now that, that, um, we're talking about this. Like I had like somewhat of an idea of what the design was, but now that now the way you're explaining it, it's like, holy crap, there's like a lot more. There's a lot more to it, and it's not just like looking at one single space and making something out of it. It's the factors that go into this are like almost never ending, if if I want to put it that way. Totally. So, so if I would have to ask you, um, what uh, what skills you thought you needed when getting into this? And the skills that you developed over time that now you or that you never thought about and said, holy crap, well, it's completely different. So the skill set from beginning to where you are now, like what changed or what have you learned? Um, I guess when you first go into design, you feel like you're going to be, well, times are changing. We, we did have to learn everything by hand. You know, now everything's on computer. So I really thought that we had to know how to draw and we had to choose materials, which we do. But, you know, that's one thing that everyone confuses us is we're not decorators and I'm not like downplaying them or anything. Mm -hmm. We're just, we do completely different things. You know, we're more technical. In a lot of other countries, we're known as interior architects. Okay. So yeah. It's a little more yeah. clear, you know, yeah, but when you say your sure. design, people confuse it with decorating and then they don't know the elements of both. So it's easy to confuse, but, um, I know that going into design, you definitely learn project management, time management, um, psychology, you yeah. know, uh, you, you, if you're not a people person, you're, 
you can't own your own business. That's for sure. Because yeah. it's all about that. It's about promoting yourself, your brand, uh, understanding other people, getting out there, meeting people. So if you have to, if you have to describe you, let's say Stephanie, your brand in a word or a few words or in a sentence, what would it be? That's an interesting question, eh? <laughs> I see you like, oh my God, why, why did he just ask me that? Oh my God. Um, in a few words or in like, what, what makes you you? What makes you, what makes your design or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Because totally I thought about I thought about that question too, right? So yeah. So I have my my work, my career, but I also have um, my company on the side as well, and now the podcast. And I thought about it like, what what the hell's like my my what's my thing? Like, what's your vision? What's I, your mission? Like, I know my, I know my mission. Like, my mission is to to talk to people who, who have super interesting stories and a different view on things. Like you changed my view on design completely within the last half an hour. Um, so that's the, that's my vision is just bringing it out there and bringing people with like interesting minds and just putting it out there. But if I would have to describe myself, I have, I have no fucking clue. Like, I'll be honest. I don't know. <laughs> it's easier to describe someone else than it is to describe yourself. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question that, uh, you know, a lot of, like, when you're starting off your business, that's what they say, you know, what's your slogan or what's what's your yeah. what's your thing, what's your vision? Like, you have a general idea of what you want to do. But then to, I guess actions speak louder than words, right? I guess your work speaks louder than a freaking slogan that you're going to put in your brand. Totally. But, and that's another thing is you have to know how to express your designs. Like you can't just put up a picture. You have to have something in writing to have people understand what your vision was so they can yeah. understand the process, you know? So Having writing skills is very important. Um, but yeah, I just want to be able to um, inspire people. I want to be able to bring someone's uh, vision to life. Um, I want to be able to make the world a better place. I know it sounds cliche, but it basically is that. I want people to go into their homes and, and feel happy and go into a, um, a retail store and really feel feel the brand I want people to walk into a hotel room and you know just leave a memorable mark and you know it's it's just about having an impact on people and uh, making people feel an emotion and feel good and confident and inspired and uh, yeah yeah it's good it's good yeah. good <laughs> perfect positivity perfect. positivity <laughs> so if I ask you about like we're gonna uh, let's say vision um in 10 years from now where do you want to be in 10 years i would love to have a team um that's a great question yeah. you see this is 
this is important for everyone in the world. That Everybody. That's why I, I trust me. I ask myself every day, and yeah. every day, chances are, I'll come up with a different idea. Yeah. So I'll ask myself in ten years where I want to be, and if I ask myself in a week from now, it's yeah. probably going to change. I don't know if it's the way my mind works or the way I have no clue. It just keeps changing. It always changes, and that's why it's good to have like an overall goal. That's why, let's say in my my case, yeah, I would love to have, um, you know, I I don't like working alone. Like I love being around people. Right now, I am working alone. Um, you have no so choice right now. I have no choice. Yeah. But eventually, I do want to work with someone or a few people. Have a team where we have the same vision, mission, and we're aiming towards that goal where we can travel together, inspire people, um, design amazing, amazing things and leave a mark on, on this earth, you know? And, you know, I, I, I want to help people eventually, like if it's through, um, voluntarily work, you know, maybe helping to build mini homes in, in countries where, I don't know, there was a tornado or something, you know, at, I just want to help people eventually. That's my like long, long-term goal. But yeah. um, I want to use my design and do good in the world as well. That's super cool. That would be a, yeah. that's a good idea. So yeah. if, if if you have to build your team, this is super important, right? Um, you have to build your team. You have to hire a few people. And what are you looking for in people? Like if you're if you're the kingpin, you're the boss. You're you're in charge of your brand and there's people coming up and you have to build some sort of a team. What are you, what are you looking for? What are the skills, characteristics, personalities um, that you would see fit for, for what you want to do? Yeah. Um, I think definitely, I don't know. I can't stress this enough, but having a good sense of humor is, is so key because we have sometimes we have to laugh at our mistakes or yeah, just absolutely just make jokes and just make an environment fun so i find that so important because when you have a hostile environment it just kills your your drive you know it doesn't make you want to go to work you know if you have a debbie downer in the office you know we're all we're all made of energy so the second you have one bad apple it, it attacks the others, you know? So I find having positive energy, a positive outlook on life, um, a sense of humor, that's definitely one element that I, I look at. I look at someone that has drive and passion and knows where their priorities are, you know? Um, definitely those are the two things I would look for. Like-minded people, you know, same values. Um, just a good person. Uh, I know... It's not only about that, but those are the first things that come to my mind when I think of like someone I'd want to work with. Because if you're working with them every day and you're they're representing your business out in the world, like that's the first face I would want people to yeah, see. It's the image, right? You only get one chance yeah. on, on on showing the world what you are, right? First, yeah. the first judgment. You can be the best. At, you can be the best at what you the best you can be at what you do. But if you have a shitty attitude, no one's going to come to you. you so know? basically, you don't believe that assholes succeed or have success. 
we don't know how they succeed. Some assholes work because they cheat or they yeah. lie or, you know, maybe it's not a continuous client. Maybe it's that one-time client and that yeah. client ends up dating him so much. And then he does that to every single person. We don't know. It's about, like, the relationships you, you, you build with, with your clients. And when you see a, a company have a continuous relationship with a client, that means they're doing something right. Exactly. You know, when, it, when you see, like, they only did one project for all their clients that they have, you know, it, it shows a lot. Exactly. Yeah. If we go back on that, on the, the energy, because I believe in, in that energy thing so much that you, you know, when you meet people and it could be random people, even like you're at a bar, the person comes up to you, you could feel that energy like crazy. I don't know if oh, you, yeah. I don't know if, not everybody's in tune with that, right? But. No. Um, I think that, I think that not everyone realizes it yet because you have to, you have to educate yourself on, on that, you know? I know it sounds cliche again, but the book the secret it was the first book i picked up when i was young and i was so interested in that it almost didn't make sense to me because i'm like how is this possible how are we made of energy yeah. how does this work you know so i that's the first book i picked up and then i just started exploring uh doing my own research and and it is all about energy and i started actually implementing that into my everyday life and it does work it if you wake up in the morning, your first five minutes of your morning can determine the whole rest of your day. Oh you know, my like, God, 100%. 100%. It, it's easy to pick up your phone right away and start going on Instagram, social media, even just going into your emails, you know, going into your bank account. Like, it's so stressful <laughs> that yeah. you don't want to, you don't. It doesn't start off well, you know, you have to start positive. I don't know if it's listening to podcasts, things that are inspiring. So what do you, what do you do? What do you do? Like, let's say you wake up in the morning, right? What do you on a regular, on a regular day? Like, yeah. what's your routine? What do you do? Uh, yeah. So I try not to look at my phone. Yeah. I, I, you know, some days I slip, um, but <laughs> for most days I do, uh, I listen to music. Um, I love house music. It just pumps me up in the morning. Nice. Um, I love Did, listening that, to I that. I think that's how we met. Did we meet over house music? I don't remember. Definitely. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> I think we did. Long time yeah. ago. <laughs> Definitely a long time ago. But yeah, no, house music, uh, some podcasts. There's um, even on YouTube, there's a lot of motivational speakers that yeah. I, I listen to. Yeah. Um, they just motivate you and they make you question different aspects of your life that in a positive way, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. questions that you need to ask yourself to move, move forward and not backwards. So definitely those three things, having a coffee, being at peace. Um, yeah. You know, I live with my boyfriend and I feel like sometimes if we just start talking to each other about work and everything, like it just bombards us, you know, our, our minds are fresh in the morning. So just, suck in some positive energy in there exactly. for the rest of the day. Exactly. You need, yeah. you need, I think you need that, uh, in the morning, in, in the morning, what I believe in is that you need that, um, need that time with yourself with no, 
no outside uh, distractions, basically. So I know in the morning, for me, it's like, you know, I'll get up and it's probably music, coffee, and I'm outside. That's the first yeah. thing I do. And, you know, you feel it right away as soon as you open up social media. Well, the first negative thing that you see impacts you. And it just totally. it changes your day. So, yeah, for sure, not to, none of the above in the morning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did you, ever hear of, did you ever hear of Les Brown? Yes. He's a, he's a motivational speaker. And oh, yeah. This guy, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but this guy, every time I watch like YouTube videos on him or like his, his motivational speeches, like I get like goosebumps. This guy's so oh, powerful. Yeah. It's insane how powerful this guy is. And um, there's one of his quotes that I can't remember word for word, but it basically says, uh, we're all born unique, but we all, most of us die a copy. And that's like super, it's something that stuck with me. And I think that's what drives me on being different and trying to stay different and trying to do my own thing and not give a crap about what, I, what other people think and not trying yeah. to be like everybody else, basically. I know. And you know what? It's so hard not to want to. It's not that we want to be like everyone else. We're just like, wow, they're so successful. Like, I want to, I want to be like that. But the problem with that is that nobody knows how they got there, the struggles. You know, some people got it easy, fine, but there must have still been a process. You know, it, everyone lives differently. So what they did, even if you follow to the exact T, what this person did to become that. It, it won't work for you. Exactly. You have to find your own your own path, and it's hard. It's it's because the thing is, we want things fast now, so we don't want to have to like try five things in order to get to that one thing. You know, we want to like we want it right. We want all. it right away. Yeah, we and that's have you ever, I used an analogy where uh, for that, like we want everything so fast nowadays, and everything has to be like right now. And exactly. the analogy is the other, the way I, not the other day, but like a couple of months ago, I went to uh, McDonald's drive-thru, okay? uh, yeah. and which I barely eat McDonald's. I think it was the first time in like four years I eat McDonald's, but I was craving a fry. Okay. <laughs> I said, fuck it. Let's just go get a, a freaking fry. And the person in front of me is at a fast food drive-thru uh, restaurant and this person's getting pissed and getting angry because she had to wait I don't know two minutes for her freaking order or Big Mac to come out yeah and I was just like well how f how fucking fast do you want this burger like I don't get it like you want to say I want a Big Mac and you want to be eating it right away so yeah. that's just it just represents like our world today everything everybody wants it now yeah we're spoiled, honestly. Like, we have technology that you Google anything and the answer pops up. Back in the day, you had to go find an encyclopedia, look through five other books to get the right information you need. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, we're, 
I'm not saying we're lazy, but we're just spoiled. And if we don't get something right away, we get upset or we think that that's not that's not good customer service or we don't, you know, it's good things take time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Good things yeah. take time and it all begins from like within, right? You have to you have to do the work. Nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah, exactly. That's my that's my Any other interesting books you're reading or do you recommend? Or that you've read. Uh, yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. By Napoleon Hill. That's a very interesting book. I find that very ins- motivational and inspiring. Yeah. Um, that was really good. Did you ever read uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? No, but that was my next book I wanted to read. Yeah. That, I've heard that one was really amazing. Super good. Or the other one is, um, uh, oh my God, I forgot the name, but it's really, 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 really good. Um, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari or something like that. Oh, the, oh no, I didn't see that one. No, I didn't read that one. That one but is I have really good. Been... There's so many good, there's so much good shit. So how much time do you put onto um growing your business or growing your 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 design uh stuff versus personal growth um i think to me it all it all comes hand in hand so let's say i watch a good movie to me i'm investing my time you know that's why i don't watch reality tvs or like i don't waste my time watching things i can't learn from or you know, I love I love movies that can make me cry or make me feel angry because they're doing something right. They're bringing out an emotion out of you. And like I'm learning, like I love crime movies and crime documentaries because I love the psychology part. So I try and understand and read people's, you know, um, read people's minds or their actions or educate myself on specific things. So I, I love documentaries, crimes. I love. You know, Did you watch Mindhunter? Which one? Mindhunter? On Netflix? No, I didn't. Okay, you have to watch this freaking show. I started now that we're in freaking quarantine. Yeah, write it down. I see you writing it down. It's, it's, um, I'm going to give you just like a, a quick summary. It's basically revolves around crime and it's these two agents that, basically study serial killers and they try to find out the psychology behind them is if it's created by external effects and like their upbringings or if it's actually like they're born with some sort of you know imbalance or whatever so they're trying to study how 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 serial killers become serial killers and they're studying right. like they're actually interviewing them and it's all real case scenarios and it's That's like amazing. and you watch this thing and it's like like when you watch a show you really have to pay attention because they're yeah. interviewing these these serial killers and it's like holy crap and they're they're trying to figure out every why did you do this what did you see uh, how did this make you feel and it was like it's like wow it's yeah it's something and how does it connect to your upbringing because it usually is always the upbringing 
you know, kids, kids are, kids are, kids are really interesting because you have to be careful what you say around them and do around them because they really, they absorb everything so and they're learning and they're so curious and then they can just take it and, and turn it into something completely negative if they really want and and then from there it grows and they grow up to be a psychopath or yeah. well, what does it say is it is it really like the upbringing or is it more yeah like most, most of it is like uh, traumatic experiences that they go through yeah. and uh, uh, it all comes down to like how they deal with it like yeah. how they manage those situations and some of them are really bad obviously and these these are all like real case scenarios. So yeah, a lot of them it's it's traumatic experiences in life and it's like easily relatable to you know like uh regular people, right? They go through a, a shitty a shitty uh breakup and all of a sudden they're screwed up for x number of years with the next person and then the next person and then the next person. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, did you deal with your freaking problem or not? You know? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the mind is a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's a complex thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, now this being said, I want to um, give you the opportunity to uh, tell people where to find you, uh, where to see your work. Uh, it's time for you to uh, promote yourself. It is ready. Um, so there's Instagram, of course. Yeah. Uh, so where do they find you on Instagram? So it's lady underscore Steph. And then there's my website, which is Bedoya Design. So Bedoya is B-E-D-O-Y-A design.com. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. That's pretty much it. I actually, I don't really have Snapchat or TikTok or anything. Uh, that's that's no, no. That's no. I'm, yeah, I'm not Twitter. big. I'm not big on social media either. But I try to do it just to stay in the game. To stay relevant. <laughs> yeah, stay relevant. Uh, Okay, so thank you very much for uh, being part of this. It was super interesting. Honestly, you've enlightened me on your, on your design thing. It was super interesting. And um, yeah, we might do it again soon for sure. Um, thank you for having me. It was fun to have a conversation with someone that is interested and wants to know more. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of your podcasts. Definitely. And maybe the next property I buy soon, I'll give you a call for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Consultation, design, um, even set design. Call me. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much, John.